Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 54. But it's not about your purpose, it's about how you naturally already serve. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I am thrilled to have joining us Monica Zanz. Monica is an executive business consultant and life strategist who loves to help successful entrepreneurs tap into their greatness and build massive empires. Her unique quality is to see through people's perceived limitations and help them recognize and use their true gifts and expertise. She's a master communicator and an expert at building excellent teams, designing clear, effective business strategies, and leadership development roadmaps. Her powerful, intuitive guidance helps people clarify a plan for long-lasting success and witness their legacy come to fruition. Monica encourages people to see their greatness, be their greatness, and pay it forward. Welcome to the show, Monica. Thank you, Sue. I'm so excited to be here. It's such a pleasure. I am thrilled that you're here, and I know that you're going to be bringing some really valuable information to our audience and things that our listeners have never heard before. It is my pleasure, and I'm excited even to share with them how we met because I think it's so awesome when you are expanding out into the world and sharing yourself when you meet incredible people and the law of attraction just really works. It's so true. Well, why don't you take it away? Why don't you share the story? Okay, great. So I was on my path of how do I get my message out to more people in a way that is the way I like to communicate because I'm a very personable person. I am a speaker. I travel around. I do in-person workshops. I do classes. I have an entire infrastructure of ways that I engage people. So that's my passion. I love to be with people. And so one of the platforms that I learned about was a platform called Periscope. And Kim Garst, who is an incredible internet social media strategist and excellent business person, she had a program and I had signed up for a few of her small programs and thought, wow, this woman just delivers and delivers and delivers great value. And then she offered a VIP program. And in this program, it was going to be a very select few people. And that is where you and I met. And it was such a pleasure because you never know in those small groups if you're going to meet a bunch of people that are in it for themselves or if you're actually going to have the beautiful fortune of meeting people who are change makers and desiring to make a difference for others. And Kim even says to this day, we were her very first VIP group. And she said, it was the most cohesive, tight group. You guys are friends. You guys stay in touch with each other. You guys support each other's business growth. So I feel honored that I got to be part of that first group and that I got to meet a person so dynamic as you. Oh, you're so sweet. And the feeling is mutual. We were really fortunate. I don't know how everything collided as it did, but we had a fabulous group there. Yeah. I'm going to dive in because I don't want to take any more time. I want to get to all of your information and everything that you can share. Right. And as our listeners know, we like to start off and talk about a motivational candle. This helps give us an inner look at you, Monica, and just an indirect way of understanding what you're all about. So if you were to envision a candle, what color would it be and what would the quote be on that candle? 
So my favorite color, and it's the color, I have a master's in spiritual psychology. And so the color of spirituality is the color purple. So it would be a very deep, warm purple color. And then the quote, so I'm a big fan of deep thinkers. I'm a deep thinker. I think of myself. And so I'm very, I'm a fan of that. So I don't know if you've ever heard of Rumi. He's a 13th century Sufi mystic. But his quote is, when you go through a hard period, when everything seems to oppose you, when you feel you cannot even bear one more minute, never give up because it is the time and place that the course will divert. So I love that because it's all about you sometimes can be confronted in life that's going to be happening as you stretch and grow and desire new things. But if you stay the course, if you never give up, if you try just one more step, the opportunity for the course to change its path and be there to serve you is very, very high. I've never heard that. And I really, really like it because when you're so low, you just think that it's over. You can't do any more. You can't go any further. If you could pull on this type of quote and move past it, that may be where the bright light starts to shine. That's right. You don't want to just stop. So wonderful. I've not heard that before, and I really like it. One of the reasons I wanted to get you on, Monica, is you know that a lot of our listeners, because we've talked about this already, are looking at starting a business, or maybe they have started a business and they've gotten to a place where they're now, reality is setting in and they're starting to see struggles. And the question is, am I really the one to be able to do this anyway? You know, all those doubts that we all have start coming in. And one of the things you always talk about is be your greatness. For someone in that situation who doesn't know where to start, doesn't feel like they're great enough to be able to do something, what would you say to those type of people? What I say to people all the time, and this is, it's a tricky one because depending on where you're at psychologically inside of yourself, your relationship to yourself determines what your experience in life is. So we often think life is happening to me, but really life is a reflection of the experience and the point of view and the thoughts and the judgments and the perceptions that you have inside of yourself. And so what I love to start with with people is to have them consider that what if it was true beyond the shadow of a doubt for them that they are the only carbon copy of them on the planet. That's a pretty easy thing for people to consider. Like, yeah, I've never seen another one of me and I've never heard that there's an exact replica of me. And as far as I know, I've never been cloned. So yeah, I could I could come to terms with that. I'm the only one of me on the planet. And so if that's true, then isn't it also possible that you're the only one of you that has the gifts you have in the way that you have them to be delivered only the way you know how? And so when people begin to consider that question, all of a sudden what comes forward for them is, well, Yeah, I guess so. I just never looked at myself or looked at the things that I know or do as a gift. So that's where a lot of the work begins is really taking a moment. You know, we get confronted sometimes by the really big question, what's your purpose on the planet? But it's not about your purpose. It's about how you naturally already serve. And as you start to see what is the thing that most people compliment you for? What is the thing that comes the easiest to you to do that you probably value very little because you take for granted how easy it is for you? 
These are the kinds of things that are the very essence of people's gifts on the planet. And when they stop to realize, oh my gosh, I never looked at it that way, that is true, then they can start to cultivate, how would I share that? How would I use that? How would I maximize on that? How would I leverage that in my life, in my business, in my communication? And all of a sudden you start to see people's light bulb turn on like, oh, if I do what I love, and I just do it more, and I use that knowing that I have as my foundation, as my reassurance, as my drive and incentive, well, I I won't be lost because it's inherent to me. It's what I know myself to do. It's what I know myself to be. And in those moments, people really have kind of like that aha, eye-opening experience of, wow, I just haven't had my focus or my perception on the thing that will make the difference. I've spent more time being self-critical. That's very potent. And I think because a lot of people are creators, so you're talking a lot about just human natural traits that you have, natural abilities. And to your point that people don't put a lot of weight into it because it seems to come so easy. So you think, well, you know, this is so easy for me. It's easy for everybody else too. Yep. It's not true. I mean, listen to what Monica is saying here because whatever you have and think back Those of you who have been listening on this podcast for a long time, we often talk about people who are finding their talents and what they really want to do. And a lot of it goes back to a seed that was placed in childhood, something that they really loved from way back when they were younger. So think for yourselves too, within you, what are things that people compliment you on personality-wise that combines with then your art, your craft, your business passion that you're pulling forward? What would you say, Monica, about the combination of that? Because you are talking about personality-specific traits. A lot of our listeners are creators. So they're making jewelry and they're making candles. How would you merge both of those together? So the personality with the product. Well, there's an essence to a person's creative expression. So some people do art because it makes them feel calm. Some people use their creativity to make other people happy. So it's getting to the source of what is the spark of your creative genius, of your creative expression. I'm a painter. I was an art major at UCLA. I was the first ever dual art major. I I changed the rules at UCLA because I was so adamant. I wanted to be a reconstructive facial surgeon. And so I wanted to do medical illustration so that you could understand and study how do you use the aesthetics and the artistry of the human face while also understanding the science behind it and the medical behind it. And so that desire for me, you know, I I was right there marrying my desire for impact and making a difference for people and having them have a different quality of life with my desire for aesthetics and my desire for creativity. And if I hadn't had the drive underneath to make the difference for people, then my art may have just been a hobby. But it was because I was so emphatic, I was so persistent, I was so determined to make a difference for people. And lo and behold, I didn't actually become a doctor. I'm now, you know, a business consultant and a life strategist. So I use my skills still to make the difference. But it was that essence, what sources the desire to creatively express myself that made the difference in everything that I've ever done. It stretched me beyond what was comfortable. It's had me learn and live and grow myself, my confidence my courage, my desire and willingness to trial and error. And Brene Brown, I don't know if you know who that is, but she has a beautiful TED Talk. She's been interviewed on Super Soul Sunday by Oprah. She has a lot of really great programs and she has three books out. She's actually a professor and her primary study was sociology. And what she says is, if you really want to rise strong in your life, it's really important to fail 
to get up and to try again. And she breaks it down into such a simple picture to fail, to get up and to try again. So when you're wanting to express yourself creatively, if you aren't willing to fail, even in your creative expression, so, you know, trying, if you're a jeweler, trying new stones or new colors or new methodologies on how to create the jewelry. If you're a painter and you're creating masterpieces, if you don't try new ways to blend things or new ways to combine things, the possibility is you may actually even get bored with your art yourself. But when you understand where you're coming from and you are willing to try new things, that's where it gets for me super exciting. And I become less rigid about the way that it has to be. So less of a perfectionist. And I become way more flexible to consider, oh my gosh, what else could I add and how will it serve? That's the excitement of the creativity, right? But you have to be comfortable with, you're going to do something. Maybe you're finding a new material or you're venturing out, as you're saying, just in a new way. You have to be ready and comfortable that maybe it won't work out, but that doesn't mean your whole plan needs to be tabled or that you are a failure. Right. I want to go back just for a second. So you actually were looking at going into a different career, and then it sounds like you kind of took a turn and did something else. Talk to us a little bit about the evolution of your career path and how you landed where you are today. When we talk about all of the careers that I've had, it's definitely a windy story, a windy path, because I've taken a lot of different turns. And the story really starts when I was four years old. My grandmother had cataracts and hearing aids, and I wanted to fix her ears and her eyes. I wanted to invent a laser that would fix her ears so she could hear and fix her eyes so she could see and then she would be healed and everything would be fine. And for me, that made a lot of sense. Like that's how I can help my grandmother. And I always was looking to help people. How do I make their life better? How do I make them happier? How do I make everything that they need more available to them? And I also had a really unique gift when I was little. And over the years, I got really scared of showing it and closed it down and had to reopen it again. That gift was that I could hear people's thoughts without them speaking. But when you're four and you have a gift like that, and you share with people what you heard, you don't always realize that they didn't talk. So I had a couple of scenarios where I shared with someone something that I heard and I asked them why they felt that way about themselves and it flustered them and it annoyed them and they got very upset and they spoke to my father. I'd done it with my dad and my father came to me and finally said, you can't do this anymore. And at that moment, a very deep important part of me, my creative expression, my desire to please, my desire to help people, all of a sudden became, it's not safe to do that here. So I say that as a precursor to the journey that I then set up in front of myself. So then I thought, well, if what I was doing naturally, what came to me naturally wasn't safe and wasn't okay and wasn't acceptable or appropriate, according to my dad, then who did I need to become for my dad and others to love me? So Everything that I did was about that. I became the fastest runner. I became the best student. Everything was about how can I get the accolade? How can I please someone? How can I get love through the things that I do? But the desire underneath never went away. I always wanted to help people. So then I went into, I I interned in hospitals from the age of 12 until the age of 18. I 
took the MCAT and I did terrible on it. And literally, when you think that you know what you're going to be, I thought I was going to be a reconstructive facial surgeon and help burn victims and children that were born with birth defects. So it was a very lofty goal from the age of four to 14. So for 14 years, I talked about that. I interned. I did everything that was so unusual for a person that young to know. But when I didn't do well in the MCAT, being the perfectionist that I was, literally my life came to an end. I felt like, what purpose do I have anymore for being here? So I packed myself up, got on a plane with a one-year open-ended ticket to Europe. While I was in Europe, traveling around and re-establishing, like, who am I and why do I matter? And, And really what I was doing is losing myself because I just didn't have a definition anymore. And while I was over there, I got a call that a guy named John Lasseter was looking for an assistant. And the question that I got in that call was, do you know who this guy John Lasseter is? I said, no, I have no idea who it is. And the next question was, well, do you know what Toy Story is? And I said, well, I've heard of it, but I think it's a cartoon or like an animation. And they're like, great. So a few weeks later, I was on a plane back to Northern California to be interviewed and to become John Lasseter's assistant. Now, if you don't know who John Lasseter is, he is one of the founders of Pixar, and he now runs Disney Animation and Imagineering, and they liken him to our modern-day Walt Disney. So he is one of the most brilliant people ever, and his most important piece of advice for me was, the story comes first. Whatever there is in life, the story comes first. People connect to the story. So the rest of the job choices that I had in my life really were defined by the stories that I wanted to have in my life. So needless to say, I didn't go to medical school. I actually went into video editing, learning from the animation and and working on feature films. And what I did in my editing is I told people stories. And one day I interviewed a man. I worked for Northrop Grumman and TRW in space technology and military defense. And I interviewed a man who had given 50 years of his life to bring the Apollo astronauts home and to develop different ways to get people into space. And in the interview, it became so apparent to me that I was not on my path. I was off course. And it was because I wasn't spending time developing people. I was spending time telling other people's stories. So it was time for me to start working with people on their stories rather than being behind the scenes telling their stories. So I left my corporate job and I started training and learning to be a coach. So I ended up getting a master's in spiritual psychology. And I decided with that master's that it was time for me to start really honing in on the gifts that I had so long ago buried and put away after being told by my father that they were inappropriate. But before I got that master's, there's one other part of the story, and this is kind of why the story is a long one. I got hit by a truck in a crosswalk as a pedestrian. The truck was going 35 miles an hour. It hit me. I never saw it. It threw me 25 feet in the air. I landed. But when I got hit, it kicked me out of my body. I call it my near-death experience. And I watched the entire event from above. It was then for the next four months, so no broken bones, but internally my entire system, circulatory, digestion, nervous system, all of it went to cahoots. So I was in bed for four months. And during that time, you can imagine how frustrating it is when you are an ambitious go-getter type person with big dreams and big aspirations to be stuck in bed. And all of a sudden I had what I call my God moment. 
up until that point, I didn't really believe in God. I'm really a spiritual person, not a religious person. So I didn't believe in like God is the guy up the stairs. What I believed in was there's this universal connection. But all of a sudden I had this relationship. I had a voice that was coming to me. And when I was hit, I was asked a question. The question that I was asked is, what do you want? And it was an interesting time in my life because I was transitioning from the animation into wanting to do something more with my life. So what did I want? I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't want to waste my talents anymore. I didn't want to do things frivolously anymore. And so the one thing that I knew that I hadn't fulfilled in my life yet was being a mom. I want to be a mom. And the voice asked again seven more times. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Are you sure? And finally, I got very annoyed. And I'm like, of course, I'm sure. Like, and I'm <laughs> not kidding you. Like, I was having this dialogue here. And so all of a sudden, I find myself back into my body, come back to life. And then the four months in my bed starts. Okay. Wow. So after that time, I then started doing my coaching. Like I got on my path. I got my master's. I'm going, going, going. I'm meeting people. I'm having clients. I'm helping people build their business. And one day I realize that the request that I had, and, and since then I had, I had three kids. And one day I was really questioning myself and really looking deep within. And what I uncovered was, well, my purpose is to serve people. But how I do that is to act like a mother for some people. So my entire career path was defined by a longing to make a difference. And going way back to your very first question today, like how can your audience really know no matter what comes in front of them, no matter how hard it gets, no matter what they're confronted by, how can they really know if they're on track or that it's worth whatever the blood, sweat and tears. And when you know and you reflect on and you ask yourself, what is it for? Like at the end of all of this, if I did X, would that make it worth it? And they really get clear about what it is that's the driver behind everything they've ever done, why they've wanted to do the things they've done, why they've wanted to please people, why they've wanted to go out on their own and start something new. If they can really get to that core, it will begin like a domino effect to reveal all the ways in their life that they've always done that. And it will so validate what their efforts are and why they should never give up. Monica, that is a huge story and so impactful in so many ways. I've been sitting here writing notes. I have 7,000 questions for you. But, <laughs> but before, I just want to underline what you said. Quote, unquote, if I did this in the end, would it have been worth it? Remember that, you guys, Gift Biz listeners. I mean, I'm going to be now thinking about that this afternoon and as I edit this, because that is a really powerful sentence. I want everyone to reflect on that. Monica, I have to just ask you, how did your dad feel about all this? He was the driver in the beginning for you to pursue and go in a different path. And I would say back then the world was very rigid in terms of these are the things that you do and these are the things that you don't do. So clearly he was looking out for your best interests at the time. But you went through this whole journey that you've been talking about. And so how had he felt then about what you're doing? Because you're going back to what you truly knew inside yourself, in your heart of hearts was the right thing. How has that all panned out with your relationship? It's a great question, Sue. So 
My dad had a perspective, and you're very accurate. Like back in the day, it's pretty rigid. And coming from Germany, every job you ever do, you have to go to school for. So from the janitor to the gas attendant to the architect to the pilot, you have to get a degree in whatever you choose to do. So once you choose, you're kind of on that path. You're kind of stuck. And in America, you don't have that limitation. You can choose whatever you want, and you can change your mind a mile a minute. So. For him, there were four things you could do to be successful. You could be a doctor. Oh, good. I'm so glad that I was wanting to do that. You could be a lawyer. I was a very good negotiator. You could be a pilot or you could be an MBA. That rigid thought process, I like my whole life, it was always like those were my four choices. And so to have gone in a new direction, that was really when I journeyed to Europe with a backpack by myself. It was really to define that I was no longer defined by my father's view of the world. And I had to leave myself and the way I saw the world. And I had to be out in the wild blue yonder, living an epic adventure to discover my own voice and that it was safe for me to have my own desires, my own dreams, my own goals. And that at the end of the day, it was up to me to pursue it. And it was up to me to decide whether it was in alignment with who I really am. So as your audience and your listener may be diving into something brand new and may have a lot of naysayers around them in their life, one of the things I would encourage them to do is to ask themselves, who are my champions? Who are the people that I have in my life that no matter what I choose are going to cheer for me, are going to love me through it, are going to encourage me, are going to even help me find resources to help me clarify what I'm doing. And if you find that you really don't have many of those, then to me, that's the first thing you got to go do. You got to start meeting and putting yourself in environments. So it would be like signing up for a podcast that allows you to listen to people that are positive and encouraging in fields that are like the kinds of areas you want to make a difference. It would be making new friends. It would be going to your local chamber of commerce or lectures or listening to TED Talks. Find your community because the moment you do, you won't feel alone. You won't feel lost. And you'll have all these people who are either behind you in the path that you're on or ahead of you. And those people that are behind you, you can champion. So that'll boost your confidence. And those that are ahead of you will be your leverage points. They'll be your guides. They'll be your mentors. They'll be your greatest assets. So that's a really important part of this, because if I had listened to my father and only lived from his disappointment, I probably would still be pursuing my medical experience. And I don't know how happy I would be. But because something inside of me said, you're here for something really big, stop ignoring that. And I just had to get really honest with myself and listen. And by the way, be knocked down a whole bunch of times. Like I said, the Brene Brown, like fail, get up, try again. I had to be willing to do that and not judge that every time I failed, that that was the final failure. Like now I'm going to die. I really had to say, it's just one more failure that allows me the access to the lesson that's going to make the difference next. Gift Biz listeners, are you living your true authentic life? Is there something that underneath has been a desire of yours for your whole life? And it's crazy for me to listen to this, Monica, that you went so many years just having to squash what you were really feeling for nobody's fault. I mean, everyone's doing the right thing, right? What they think they need to be doing right. But Gift Biz listeners, is this something similar for you? Listen to what Monica's talking about. Be true to yourself in terms of at the end, was everything worth it? And if you see something that you're wanting to do differently, go find that community. 
And hopefully the podcast here is helping you along the way. If we're not the full community, maybe we're part of your community because we're behind you and motivating you to push forward in whatever that dream is. Let's talk a little bit about this storytelling for a second. You know, you're talking about how you were storytelling in one way that really wasn't fulfilling what you needed. And then you started storytelling with getting people's true stories out there. I know there's a value in storytelling and it's talked about a lot these days, you know, with social media and blogs and all of that, everyone resonates with stories. What have you found in terms of storytelling with what you're doing right now? What's the big value? Because I'm a business consultant and a life strategist, and the reason that I added into my title life strategist is because there's no business without you in it. So if you're in it, your life is involved in it. Your past, your judgments, your perceptions of the world, your criticisms or voices or thoughts inside of your own head, your capabilities, your skills, the people you know, the difference you want to make, all of that makes up what ends up becoming the expression of your business. So whether you sell a product or whether you create something, you are part of that creation. And so if you're having a good day, maybe you create things that are bright colors. And if you're having a bad day, maybe it's a little darker, but the ominousness is more attractive to certain people that are wanting to buy from you or wanting to engage with you. So for me, storytelling becomes a way for people to see themselves through the experience. If you don't tell a story and you just say to someone, well, you know, you should really think about doing this or when I hear you say that you're excited about starting a business, have you thought about you're going to have to get your website and you're going to have to get all the social media and you're going to have the long list of things. But if you tell a story, you know, I know a little bit about starting a business from scratch. I remember back when I started and there were so many questions that I had. And the fortunate thing is that I had a few people in my life at the time that were also starting businesses, but they were a little bit ahead of me. So I sat them down and I took about 30 minutes with each one of them. And the minute I start sharing with you, the mind begins to go and create and uncover and consider. Have you ever felt like when someone is giving you advice, like, thank you very much. That sounds really good for you but I don't know how much that applies to me. Yeah, for sure. And so that's part of the experience that I think people forget is they so are excited about what they have to offer that they're trying to tell people the value of what they bring as opposed to bringing people along the journey with them. Because the moment a person feels like they're part of something, their desire to buy, their desire to be part of it, their desire to have access to it totally grows. But when they feel like you're selling them or they feel like you're telling them what to do, it's a lot harder to see themselves in it without anybody's opinion about it. The other thing that I think it gives people access to is there are people that are perfectionists out in the world. And I have been labeled as sometimes in my life being a perfectionist and have also called myself that at times. But I never agree with a label as the only thing. There's not just a way that I am. I am not only a perfectionist. I'm so many other things involved in that. And so there are certain times in my life where certain character traits are really important and necessary. But when we get feedback from people, sometimes that can belittle our desire to recognize that there is a gift inside of however we need to engage. So if I need to engage perfectionism so that I can get something really accurate, or if I'm being a little bit more precise about how I'm designing one of my posts and I want things to line up, there's an intention behind lost because it's perfect or the desire is to have it measured and equal and, and looking a certain way. It has a time and a place and a value in it. 
And I think that if people really get that who you are, what you have to offer and how you offer it is a part of the journey that you're on. And to be open and flexible to course correct as you go, knowing that sometimes what you are trying to do, you're going to accomplish and knock out of the park and it'll be a home run. And sometimes you're going to have so many at-bats. But if you consider that you keep getting the opportunity to have the at-bat, you're going to get better. But if you put the bat down and never go at-bat again, there's no chance of any getting better. You are so right. One more thing on this before we move on. I can just hear people's wheels turning and saying, yeah, but. I mean, this is really something that I want to do. Yeah, but. And I can go find a community for myself because I'm in member forums or Facebook groups that are like this. But my immediate physical group around me, my family, my husband, all the, they have all the excuses in the world for that. Yeah, but I can't do that now. What would you say to them? So the first thing that I'd say is that they have an external perspective, that they live a life outside in versus inside out. And, you know, the key to changing anything is to recognize the pattern that you're in. So if you are able to get really honest with yourself and notice if I'm having a certain excuse, how often is that excuse coming up and what is it stopping me from? Because we tend to have excuses that we think are actually serving us. That's why we have them. But if we take a deeper look and say, you know what, let me get real with myself. Let me pause for just a moment and let me consider. I've heard myself in the last week tell four different people why I can't start something right now. And the first question I ask myself is, is that really true? Or is there something I'm scared of that's having me say that so that I can't be held accountable to what I'm really up to? And if people take that time, so, so number one, Sue, to answer that question is to breathe and listen to yourself. If you can become your best observer, like your own journalist, like someone that followed you around with a camera all day long and captured all those little moments that you pretend don't happen, if you could really get honest with yourself, then you could have access to new choices. Because it's not wrong when you make the excuse, you think it's protecting something. So it serves you in that moment. But is it serving your long-term goal? Is it serving your dream? Are you succumbing to someone else's feedback? Sometimes there are things that we do in the privacy of our own experience. We can't tell people yet until we reach a certain level of success. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still take strides towards it, that you shouldn't still brainstorm, that you shouldn't still find the people around you who will cheer for you and share with you how they broke through things. Because what you believe you should be doing, you should. Mm -hmm. If you have the thought, if you have the belief, it didn't just come to you for nothing. It came to you to be of service. And so it's up to you to serve it. You're the only one that received that message in that way. So you're the only one right now that can serve it. So I implore people to constantly pay it forward. You are given these gifts of your greatness. The moment you can see them and value them, it's a no-brainer. The only next step is to pay them forward. That makes so much sense when you say it that way. (laughs) And in the end, we're the ones living our lives and you are the one in control, and you're the one who makes all the moves, and yes, the failures, but also all those successes on the way to whatever the vision is, or whatever that passion is, or whatever that greatness, Monica, you're saying that we all really innately know within ourselves. 
Yes, and I'll say one other little amendment because I actually right now in one of my programs that I'm offering, I do a course for moms. It's called Mom Academy. And there are these beautiful, amazing mompreneurs. And it's amazing because I thought that I might get some moms that are not working moms and they're, you know, just raising their children and wanting to be better moms. But every one of the women that's in my program right now are all, they all are building their own businesses or they work for a corporation. And several of them, have said to me, I don't feel like I'm in control of my life. I feel like I'm dictated by my job. I feel like I'm dictated by my husband. I feel like I'm dictated by my kids. I feel like life happens to me. And so one of the things that I say to them is find what you feel nurtured by in the secrets of your own space. No one has to know, but find the things that nurture you publicly or privately. If you have the fortune of being in a supportive environment, excellent, then do it publicly so that you teach people around you. But if you can't because you feel like someone is out to thwart you or someone is out to tell you no, then in the privacy of your own moment, so that could be writing into a journal, that could be praying, that could be right before you go to bed, setting a bedtime intention, just really centering yourself inside of yourself so that one of the voices in your head is you reassuring your dreams because it only takes one to actually keep pursuing them. But if we listen to everything outside of ourselves and we buy into it, the volume gets turned lower and lower and lower. And over time, people end up believing that they really don't have dominion and don't have control in their life. You are so right. Gift Biz listeners, I want all of you to go back and listen to this over and over again. Very wise words. I mean, my mind is going right now just within myself, just things that I need to kind of just pull aside, give myself some private time and just think about based on the way you're wording things and what you're saying and the messages that are coming through. Thank you so, so much for that. You're welcome. I love it. (laughs) I want to move now into our reflection section. And this is where we look at you as if you haven't shared a lot already, right? (laughs) But what other things have helped you to get to the place that you are now? You've talked already about your natural traits being wanting to share and pay it forward for other people and help other people find their true meaning. And you've talked a little bit about being a perfectionist. If you had to just pick one trait, what is the single trait that has helped you to get to where you are right now? Love. Love by far, by far, by far. There was a morning, it was four o'clock in the morning, and I was doing the transition from being the video editor, producer, and director with my own production company into wanting to be a coach and a business consultant. And I wasn't getting clients at the speed that I wanted. My business wasn't growing the way that I thought it should. And I was very distraught. And I guess for like a week or two, I kind of had entered into a little depression and a little bit of a funk. And one morning at 4 a.m., I woke up, jolted up out of bed and just started crying hysterically. And, you know, a lot of times in life when I would have tough times, I would cry silently to myself so that I wouldn't wake up my husband. But this time it was so big and so profound and so heart wrenching for me that it woke my husband up. And he turned to me and he said, is everything okay? Are you hurt? Is it? Are you okay? And I said, I just don't feel like the love I have inside of me, people are receiving. No one wants the love I have. And he said to me, well, would you be open to hearing what I see? And it was like, 
all I had inside of me was what I couldn't see and what I wasn't and what people didn't want from me. So in that moment, I had nothing else to reflect on. I felt like a failure and I felt there was nothing for me to offer. So I said, yes, of course, because I needed something to grasp onto. And he said, the word I would call you, Monica, is walking love that you have so much love to give and you are so loving, you just emanate it. It's just who you are on this planet and that all there is for you to do is do that every day, all day. And what will happen over time is people will feel the love and miracles will happen. I'm sure of it. And, you know, he held me and he kissed me and he reassured me and I calmed down and I kind of allowed what he said to just marinate because I didn't have an answer like, okay, how would I do that? I was just frozen is really what I was. So I went to sleep that night, tossing and turning and just, I mean, that morning and, and like kind of that daydream type sleep. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the wheels started turning and I could feel myself receiving I call it a a download. Like I was receiving from the universe, like he just gave you a gift. Here's how you can use it. And the very next day I started, and this is, this is so funny. I I started a hundred ways to love yourself. And it was called the love yourself campaign. And I did not have, you know, I didn't have the beautiful Dynalite. The iPhones didn't film you at this time. And I didn't have all the tools and all the ways and the iPad and all the ways to film. So what I did is I took an old fashioned camera and I took two plants from my living room and put them in front of my bathroom door, (laughs) trying to hide the handle because that was the best lighting. I didn't even have a microphone. So I just recorded it with my laptop. And I began the 100 days, 100 ways to love yourself. And that really was the beginning of a profound journey of making a difference for people. Wow. And where is all of that now? Is that available for any of us? Or is- Oh, yeah. It, it's hysterical. I mean, I've kept it in YouTube simply because I always want to have the reminder of where I started. Because like I said, I was a perfectionist. So in my desire to be perfect, I tried so hard to make it look like a set and it just so doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet it's so impactful anyway. Will you share that link with me for the show notes for the episode? I will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, we're going to move on. What tool do you use in your life that helps you to create balance or to keep you going with your coaching and all your courses and all of that? What What is something that you would recommend that our listeners could also use? Between you and me, Sue, there's a ton, like a million, a million tools. <laughs> well, maybe I'll let you so, say two. How about that? <laughs> okay. Okay, good. So yeah, that's great. So The first one that I'll say, and this is something that I actually learned in my master's program, is called setting a bedtime intention. So we go through life, our busy, busy, busy lives with so much information, so much feedback, every billboard, every advertisement, everything that is fueling our brains and our eyes and hitting us. And our brain kind of gets overloaded. And so what we do naturally by a process of elimination in our neurology is that we create deletions. We categorize and compile things in different, like if you were to imagine that your brain was an operating system and you had file storage cabinets inside of it, you'd take a whole bunch of information and you'd put it all into one folder and you'd say that one can go on the side for deletion. This is a folder that can be used for later. This is a folder that I need now. And so we process things in bits so that we can actually use them. 
But throughout the day, we don't download and delete enough to be able to be clear. So often then what happens is people go to sleep at night and they have crazy dreams and they try to process a whole bunch of things or they toss and turn with insomnia because they've never really let their brain go and given it a directive for how to be used when the conscious mind is off and the unconscious mind is awake. So a bedtime intention is simply setting an intention before bed. But specifically the way that I do it is I ask for certain things to be released that I no longer need. So kind of like deleting whatever I don't need when I'm asleep. And I ask that while my conscious mind is asleep and my unconscious mind is awake, that anything that I need to work out that will be easier for me to work out in my unconscious so that when I awaken, refreshed, rejuvenated, restored, I don't have to do the process anymore. I don't have to figure anything out. It'll just be there available for me to have the aha moment, the idea, the concept, the confidence, the courage, whatever I am seeking. And so I get very specific about how I ask what I ask. So I ask to release whatever doesn't serve me. I ask to receive whatever will serve me and to clarify things in such a way that I can easily interpret what the message is upon awaking. And I'll tell you something, I've been doing this for nine years, disciplined, like every night for nine years. It's the very last thing I do before I go to sleep, no matter what time it is or what I've done. When I lay down and I close my eyes, I set a bedtime intention. And what has it produced? It helps me manifest. It helps me wake up clear. It helps whatever assists me while I'm sleeping and dreaming to let go. It helps call that forward, that energy or that spirituality or whatever it is that's assisting me. And it helps allow flow and balance exactly what you asked me in my life. So that's a very profound and powerful one for me. The second one is breath. And, you know, many people who do yoga or maybe do meditation, they are very familiar with the concept of put bring your awareness into your breath. Just the other day, someone said it in a new way that I've heard before, but I hadn't considered exactly what they meant. And it is when you close your eyes, if you can close your eyes when you're going to breathe, when you close your eyes, watch from your internal vision what happens with your breath. Watch it flow, watch it move. Does it have a certain sensation to it? What does it look like? And in those moments when I feel sad or angry or frustrated or too fast or like on the verge of yelling or something, if I can really bring myself to breathe and watch my breath, one second, three seconds, 10 seconds, that's it. A count of 10. All of a sudden, that pause in my neurology and in the processing of my brain gives me access to a completely new experience. Wow, I think I'm going to do that too. (laughs) I think I'm taking both of these. (laughs) I can't wait to go to sleep tonight. In terms of the breath, I think especially for listeners here who are starting businesses or get frustrated, you know, so many times in the day, I think we could call upon that and use it for sure. So both of those are excellent. Wonderful. What about a book or something that you listen to or something that you think could be really helpful to our listeners along that end? A lot of this conversation today has been your perception of the world around you. So are you a person that looks at the world through your experience and then gauges it and shares outwardly? Or are you a person that takes your cues and is impacted externally first and then processes it internally? 
And my invitation and, and encouragement for you is to really start to move in the direction of having your own opinions, trusting yourself, clearing your own voice, understanding who you are, and then sharing you with the world. And then the world may actually occur differently to you and you'll hear feedback, you'll hear advice, you'll hear perspectives really differently because you'll hear them from your position and from your authentic self and your wisdom rather than maybe they're the ones that are right. So that is the concept. And the book that I feel like best does that, and this is a book I have my two, I have three kids, my 12-year-old and my 10-year-old, and I have a three-year-old. But my 10 and 12-year-old, they listen to this book almost every night as they go to sleep. And this is a book that I give all of my clients when we first start working together, and it's called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And the book is all about the voices inside of our head, that we so often identify with the voice inside our head as though it's someone else telling us what to do and what to think and how to be and how not to be. And it's up to us to begin discerning what are the voices inside of us that are in our favor, championing us and supporting us, and what are the voices that are counterproductive, and what can I do to serve myself best in those moments when I most doubt myself? Boy, I mean... Gift Biz listeners, I cannot wait to listen to this book, and I'm sure a lot of you the same thing, because really what you're saying is you're, you're laying a groundwork of a whole new way for all of us to look at our lives in a totally different direction. In all of these different instances that you've given to us, what you've just talked about in getting real with ourselves, all of it. So very interesting. I'm very much looking forward to listening to that. Thank you. And now... I would like to invite you to dare to dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? So inside of my box is a key. And the key is probably about two fingers in length. At the top of it is a heart shape and the key unlocks whatever I want to unlock at any time for any reason. And I like to use the analogy, like in my life, I believe that I've had way more traumas in my life than most people have in a lifetime. And I could either reflect on those traumas and reflect on those experiences as these terrible things that happened to me and oh my gosh, my life, this and this and that. And I could get really saddened or depressed or confronted by them. But what I've chosen to do with learning and with expansion and with great mentors, I've learned to see every opportunity. And this key would give me access to doors that I'd like to open, to people that I'd like to meet, to opportunities that I'd like to have, to lessons I'd like to learn for one primary purpose. And that is to serve, to serve God, to serve man, to serve my gift. And then by serving, I am very well aware we cannot serve and not be served back. So that reciprocation is the natural inherent way of the universe. And so in serving, if that key would give me access to serving even greater, I so too will be served. Wow. I'm almost speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Monica, if our listeners want to learn more about you, know more about what you're doing with moms, because I know a lot of them are moms and struggling with all of that balance too, just want to hear more from you about all of these messages that you provide, how can they reach you? So the best place to go is my website, which is Monica, spelled with a K, 
M-O-N-I-K-A, and Zans, Z-A-N-D-S, which is my last name, .com. That's super easy. They can also find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Pinterest, and Facebook Live videos and Periscope, which is where you and I met, Sue. So they can really find me pretty much anywhere. And most of my handles or my tags is my name, Monica Zans. And what they can look forward to is I do a lot of videos and giveaways because as I mentioned, my primary purpose is to give, to give, to give as though I was a mom on the planet and to honor and cherish and love and pour love into the planet. So my website is the best place. And then there's two places where in particular, I have two programs, Altitude and Mom Academy. Altitude is my business building program where you really get to dive deep into your business, business practices, your default behaviors and things that stop you, limiting beliefs, and structurally, like what is your billboard? What what are things that will really have you clarify so that you can reach success and you can execute actionable items? And know what should I be executing on? And then my Mom Academy course is a program where we work on the concept of a tribe and a village that moms in the world need each other. We are the glue of our families. We are the glue on the planet. We are intuitive beings. We are gifts ourselves. And so to recognize how to come together and foster each other and champion each other and interact and do great business together, that is the goal of Mom Academy. So it helps with the question of guilt, the question of overwhelm, the question of contribution and collaboration and how to build a powerful tribe. Perfect. And Gift Biz listeners, you know I'll have links to all of this over on the show notes page. So if you weren't able to capture that while you're listening, all of that is there and available for you. Monica, so, so many points for us to reflect on and think about. You've really, I think if I were to try and sum it up, your real, your whole message has been you need to connect with your true self and bring that out to the world. You've shared with us so many things about how you've connected internally, all of these very personal journeys that you've been on throughout your life. I so appreciate your sharing with us and may your candle always burn bright. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been such a pleasure and I acknowledge you for how much love and how lucky your listeners are for having someone standing to serve in this way, Sue. Thank you so much. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by The Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well. Would you like to be on the show? Or do you know someone who can provide valuable insight from their experiences? 
so, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is submit a form for consideration. You can access the form at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash guest. 